What's shaking? Hey, it's good to have you with me today. And today we're going all in. I'm super excited. I know I say that on a lot of things, but you have no idea about my level of excitement right now for who I have on today because this person is a dear friend to me, just an awesome human being and somebody who can help you break through to whatever it is you need to and literally just throw into the fire any sort of traumas or anything that you've been going through so you don't have to deal with that shit anymore holding you back. My guest today is an entrepreneur for the last 12 years, a graduate of Georgetown University's School of Foreign Service and Georgetown Master's Program. Get this, in international security and counterterrorism. Yeah, she's kind of a badass, all right? Annie Yatch and her team now focus their training on communication, feedback systems, and accountability processes to create the most sustainable fulfillment and success. Annie Yatch, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. I am so honored to be here. I absolutely love everything you're doing, so thanks for having me. Thank you. This is like two years in the making, I think. I know. It's a little wild. It's it took so, a bit of time. <laughs> it's so cool because I like this kind of interaction because I am actually, so everybody knows, I am actually a client of yours and, and SEAL Team Leaders in, in many different ways. So a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today are just things that I've even experienced personally that you've helped me through. And a lot of the self-work, and I, I thank you. I mean, in front of like 50 countries worldwide, thank you for being who you are. You've been a big part of my life. You're so welcome. It's my complete honor. Anytime I can help somebody work through anything that's limiting them, I'm all in. So I have some very deep questions for you to start out with. Hey, bring it. Right? All right. So I mentioned things like traumas, you know, and I want, I want everybody to get to know you as a person too, as we go throughout the conversation today, you know, the next 30 minutes or so. And trauma is something that I think everybody has experienced at some point in their life, you know, whether they realize it or not, but you specifically help entrepreneurs in, in this way. And is that different? I've always, I've never asked you this. Is that a different type of approach than what you would with, let's say, somebody who's just uh, like a W-2 employee or something like that or kind of coasting actually, through life? It actually is a really different approach. And that's because we found about seven years ago that literally you can put the best systems into a team. You can put the best training into a team. You can develop leadership on a team. But if that team has a CEO or an executive that has trauma that is unresolved, that trauma is going to ripple down to all the members of the team and cause a lot of chaos and frustration. And it's going to limit where that company can go revenue-wise. So once we identified that, we're like, all right, well, this trauma piece is really the bigger piece. And entrepreneurs are very different, right? We're all wild horses. You cannot restrain the entrepreneur. So the way you'd go about this for an entrepreneur would be very different than how you would go about this for, say, a W-2 employee. That's interesting. Because there's one thing I've noticed over the past several years, right, is that, or actually maybe became aware of myself, is that the, the entrepreneur, the CEO in whatever organization ends up bearing the emotional load of the entire organization. I'm not talking even just the revenues. I'm talking the people in it, too. It's a, it's a crazy situation to me, but I love how you focus in on revenue, because that, that's a direct tie back to trauma. How do traumas limit revenue? So what you typically experience with entrepreneurs is that they have some sort of a pattern that exists that's been existing throughout their lives that started back when they were very young. And what happens when you're very young in this like pre-logical state is you come up with a story that you think is real. 
And because you're so young and you don't know, you take this story and it becomes your tool. You use that tool over and over and over again to create the similar environment so that you can survive that environment. Now, what's interesting about that is most times we bracket ourselves based on that tool or that story that we learned, and it will be bracketed just underneath where you need to be to truly explode your business. That's because if you were to go to that penthouse of that incredible feeling of, wow, if I could actually take this to say multiple million dollars or to a billion dollars, you'd have to face some of that unresolved trauma because that unresolved trauma is going to hold you in that old story until you break free of it. So that's why it's directly linked to revenue because the revenue that you've been able to create up until a certain point is restricted and run by the subconscious that has created that trauma. Once you break free of the trauma, your subconscious is no longer limiting you. Your revenue has no ceiling. The, the way you're talking, describing this, which is beautiful, by the way, because it hits like all the feeling meters, you know, and it's uh, is when you're talking about limiting the revenue, is that and, and using this as a tool, right? To, it's kind of a, well, the way you describe it as a tool, I'm going to call it a stupid tool right now, because who wants to be limited in their revenue, right? As an entrepreneur, who wants to be limited yeah. in their in their potential? So you've got this tool that you keep using, but it's a stupid tool. Could this be called like self-sabotage in some ways? could be self-sabotage. It could be victim mentality. It could be a uh, fear of failure. So, but a lot of it goes back to self-sabotage. You're literally sabotaging your ability to drive revenue to new places because of the trauma that you're not aware of that's stuck in that subconscious part of your brain. Can you give me an example? I mean, I know mine, right? Which, which is like stupid deep and, and ridiculous because it's like a double-edged sword, but can you give me an example of, uh, you know, well, I'll just share what mine is if that's okay. And I would love to hear an example from you because I don't know if everybody would relate to mine. Well, in the work that I did with you, mine was, right, it, it was, a, it was a, a fear of death, but not of, you know, like death in business or anything like that, like a literal thing. Like there was something programmed into me from when my dad passed away when I was 16 years old that unless I produce accomplishments, I'm going to die. But then if I actually do produce accomplishments, I'm still going to die. It was so you had a very <laughs> intricate, complex web that would restrict your ability to ever go above a certain level of revenue. Yeah, it was like this middle ground of suffering is where I was stuck. You know, even with how successful I, I was even a couple of years ago, I mean, since then, and this is legit, right? Since then, no doubt, since the work that I've done with, with Annie, revenue and reach out has doubled. We've gone public. And now we're looking at a billion dollar valuation in a few years. You know, so this is real stuff. You know, and I mean, you would think like fear of death is kind of like a cliche thing, you know, but for me, and I didn't even realize it, which was, it's still crazy to look back at is that if I were to actually achieve, yeah, I was, I felt I was literally just going to right there, fall on the floor and be done. Not consciously. It's not conscious. It's all subconscious, right? But most of us can't figure out what that restrictive thought or story or tool is because it's caught in the 11 million data points of your subconscious. We can only harness maybe 40 data points at any one time in the conscious mind. So think about trying to sift through 11 million data points on your own to figure out what is this trauma? What is this story? What is this tool that I keep using over and over again, getting the same result that's restricting my purpose, my greatness, my impact in the world. It's pretty crazy. What's another example that you could give? I mean, obviously we're not naming names or anything, but I mean, mine's a little extreme. Maybe I think it is when I look back, I laugh now when I look back on it, but (laughs) it's 
It's really not because entrepreneurs have such a complex web in their minds anyway of everything they're creating all the time. Yours is actually one of the most complex ones, but there are a lot of complexities that we weave into the story because we have to make it true. So for example, we just did an intensive over the last weekend with a bunch of CEOs that flew out. And one of the stories was that, um, and this is so unique, he was put on a plane at age five by his mother to go live with his father in a different country. And when a five-year-old's put on a plane, the five-year-old believes that they have died, that they are dead. And hmm. so in that moment, he suspended all time. So for him, he can only live in the present moment. He can't live in the past or in the future, which as a business owner means he can't plan for anything. He can't like have a strategy that he's fulfilling on. So he would constantly be in the loop of in the present moment, trying to distract himself with things that are only in the present so that he could never plan anything. Now, amazingly enough, he created a multi-million dollar business, but he couldn't get over a set level of revenue. He was stuck. So once he went through the process, he went home and he's like, Annie, I'm planning all the time now. I'm actively able to move from past. I'm planning trips with my family. I'm planning trips with my wife. I'm planning strategy for the business. He's like, we came up with a whole new business plan that's going to bring in a couple of million dollars that I never could have done before because I never could plan. <laughs> that's another example. It's a, I'm chuckling because, I mean, I, I relate to that story in a little, in a, in a little ways because it, there's one thing that stuck out, right? It's like, Ironically, this guy created a multi-million dollar business, right? And that was Correct. the same thing with me. It's, uh, how does that still happen? Because I mean, I'm thinking of your example uh, of this other gentleman, right? To where I was even thinking, as you were saying, it's like, he couldn't even look at like past performance, could he, to give benchmarks? No, he couldn't even look at like valuations of a company before he bought it. Because if he looked at that, that was planning. Huh. It was wild. And now it's, it's a whole different ball of wax. Everything he's doing is completely different in a very good way. But it happens, I think, because you get so stuck in the comfort of this story using this tool for security's sake. So if you're, if you're that stuck in it and you can't see it, then it just feels like that's the norm. If that's always been how it is, it's not like you're going to randomly change it for yourself if you don't do some work on it. How is it still achievable to some degree, you know, even though it's a minimized degree that you can actually see some sort of success with having these limitations? Well, here's the thing, right? So that story, whatever it was, gives you some level of fuel. So let me use another example of another client. So one gentleman is a high level fitness influencer, and he had a story his whole life that he's just supposed to be mediocre. So he would always get like last in an event. And that actually drove him to put extra pressure on himself to get him out of that mediocre performance into something higher. So his whole life, he used the drive or the fuel of, I don't want to be mediocre to completely expand his business. But then he got stuck at a certain level because fuel like that to not be mediocre only gets you so far. There's got to be a higher level of emotional resonance, or connection that you have to something that's greater than that old fuel to break through that trauma story. So for him, he did a lot of work on that. I don't have to be mediocre anymore. I'm already living in the greatness. There was a lot more that went into it, right? Because it's a very complex process. But now I think right after we completed the process, he went out and he brought in a $1.3 million weekend in two days. At a <laughs> I love and that. Just like, I guess there's something about this that works. I'm like, that is very accurate, right? So <laughs> It just blows your mind. The more you see 
And the beautiful thing about trauma, I wish more people understood this. And if people take nothing else away from this call, but this, if you do the work on your trauma, you actually are able to identify your greater calling in life because that calling is directly linked to the trauma story and the trauma lesson that you learned. So there's no reason from my perspective, not to delve into the trauma and not to do some of that work because not only will you get the ROI of new revenue growth, personal growth, but you're going to be able to let go of some of those old stories that completely limited you and it will impact your family, your friends, your network, your business. That's wild and to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I was with uh, Ed Milet a couple of months ago and he was talking about, he, he gauges it as like a thermostat, right? And the, the self-sabotage, what you're talking about here, you know, and how people get stuck. It's like that thermostat has like a high and a low setting uh, as he describes it. And it's like, if you get too hot, meaning like you're, you're, you're going too strong and you're actually achieving too much success, you will actually dial it down, like turn on the air conditioning. But then well, when yeah. you get, yeah, for sure. Because otherwise, it, I mean, for me anyways, it's like, well, I'm going to die if I don't turn on the AC. <laughs> I'm going to collapse. But I could see some of these other stories that you're talking about. It's just, it, it still perplexes me. And I, I understand what you're saying, how there's fuel for that. And it can get you only so far. What, the, what are the emotions behind that fuel? Is it just di disdain for yourself? Is it, uh, you know, trying to please other people? Because you, get, you do get so far as you're explaining, but then that's only as far as you get. Well, it's because it's usually based on negative perception, right? So you can only get so far with a negative perception of yourself. So it could be anything from I'm not lovable to I have to prove myself to um, I have to fit in. That's another one that was really big. Um, gosh, there are, so, there are so many different complex stories, but a lot of it is that fuel comes from a negative place rather than having your fuel be something positive that's of a higher vibration, higher resonance. So that's why people get so far. You can get extremely far based on a negative fuel. But if you want to go to the next level of everything in your life, it has to come from a positive space that is a positive perception of who you are and something that's very congruent and in alignment with every aspect of who you are as well. That's, I, I love it. I love it. You've talked a little bit about the ways that your subconscious brain will mess with you. You know, it, it'll just dick with you from here until eternity. Where's that? <laughs> Where's that tipping point? You know, I call it how it is, right? It's just going to dick with you all day long. But where's that tipping point? Because I'm assuming, which I think, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur and, you know, even if you don't realize it yet, Annie is somebody that can help you. I'm speaking from personal experience on this, but I'm sure that you talk with people and they're like, you know what? I don't know if it's really for me, right? Why in the world or what, what's your perception of, the reason behind not saying, okay, I want to remove this limitation. Well, I think for some people and what I've heard, and we haven't had, you know, thankfully people who come to us are really ready to do the work, but I think we've only had one or two people ever that weren't ready. And really what that means is that they have so much comfort in the old negative story because they've built so many processes around it to try to manage it, that they feel like they would lose control if they stepped into something mm. that is isn't. Right. So you have to fight against, okay, I don't know what this might be, this outcome, but I know this one thing. And some people, you know, it might be a courage issue. It might be a fear issue. It might be that they don't have the support they need or they don't have the tools they need. But from what I've seen, a lot of it goes back to the comfort they have of living in that old story. They've already managed it. They already know what it looks like to a certain degree. They just don't know how to get themselves out of it. 
And they got their stupid toolbox that they love. They got the toolbox. And for what I've seen, most people that get stuck like that, there's a difference between letting their ego go and asking for help and allowing trust to exist between two people. And when people have major massive trust issues linked to their trauma, sometimes they just can't cross that threshold. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever asked you this question after knowing you for so long now. How in the world, because I mean, your background is in military intelligence, right? How in the world did you even get into this realm of conscious and subconscious? You know, I'm assuming you maybe even done, well, I know you have done work on yourself too. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you a little bit of the background. I mean, it's not like I, you know, went to school for this and thought, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. Actually, um, my trauma is that I uh, went through an experience with my um, current now former spouse. But during that time that I was with him, he was a former Navy SEAL and he had a lot of trauma. And of course, in those days, like 10 years ago, I was like, oh, this is all his trauma. It's not my trauma at all. What you start to realize is that the traumas when you're in a relationship really sync up. So what happened for me is, yes, I went to school for counterterrorism and intelligence. And I loved that world and I loved observing people. But it wasn't until I was in a romantic partnership was someone who had so much trauma that we just couldn't move forward in the way we wanted to. Mm. The business was stuck at one level in revenue. We knew we couldn't move it past that level because of the trauma. He and I were stuck at a certain level in our relationship because of the trauma that he had experienced and I was unaware of. So for about 15 years, I went with him to every single trauma-related therapy I could find to try to figure out a way to bring him back to who he was. Because the person I had met originally was so different from the person that I was then in a relationship with. And I was like, there's a problem here. I've got to solve. There's something off that I don't understand. So after going through all those things for 15 years, I, he and I both started looking at how can we do this faster and better and more effectively? Because you can go to therapy and talk to people for, you know, 20 years, and then you can do a one hour session and something the therapist never told you in 20 years is revealed. You're like, oh my God, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? So for me, it was all about how do we create how do we create a way to move through trauma that feels more like freedom than something that is sitting in the same story and sitting in that misery. So that was really how this came to be. That's amazing. Fifteen years. That's a you would think that you know you could go to school for something like this, right? And then overnight you become like a well, well people do, right? We'll just call that what people do. Overnights become counselors or or therapists. You know, and I've seen a lot of that. I've got varying opinions depending on the actual person, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with motivations going into it. But what you said there was, it was just nothing short of beautiful and that you wanted people to move through their trauma as if it was just becoming free or having, or or going after freedom, you know, in a a way that's a release rather than a way that's like, 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 I don't know what I've seen therapists to where they're they'll beat certain things into you, you know, and it's not a fun process. And nobody wants to go through that. I mean, if you think about it, why would I want to sit in the trauma over and over and over again and build that story deeper into my subconscious? I wouldn't, that's the complete opposite of what we want to do. So we had to create a process whereby you're not sitting in that trauma. You're literally just asking questions or responding to questions so that we can look at the process, the system, the story and watch how it evolves, but it doesn't require you to go back and give somebody every detail of your trauma or to live through it again, which is the goal. 
How do we make this in a, how do we make this happen in a safe, beautiful container where you achieve freedom quickly? I don't think that the phrase, you're just going to have to learn how to deal with it is in your vocabulary, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, you never know how much time it might take somebody, but if they're willing to put in the effort and the work and they're willing to identify some of the patterns, everybody can be helped. That's so cool. So what's next for you? You know, I mean, what I've been through your intensive process. I know you're developing new systems and things all the time for these, you know, coaching is your obvious, very big thing, which by the way, everybody in life needs a coach or multiple coaches for that matter, depending on what different areas there are. You know, so what's the next big thing for what you see where you can take your clients? Well, I think the thing that I've been really excited about is that from what I've seen, at least out there, there hasn't been a program yet for executive women. So women who are running businesses, women who are entrepreneurs, that really focuses on a holistic approach to how you build your business, how you balance your life, how you heal your trauma, and how you make sure you're in the best shape of your life. So that combination of what I think every single woman, if I could have had a mentor that allowed me to mm. optimize my life across all those levels... I feel like I would have felt so nurtured and so loved and so cared for. And that's really the next thing that I'm working at building is a community for women who want to work on all four things together and be mentored by this elder community of extremely intelligent, brilliant women so that we don't lose some of the lessons that are essential to living life the best way possible. Man, I love that. I mean, in my field, right, in tech, I've always said I'm an advocate for for females in in whatever roles, whether it's in you know frontline roles or even leadership and executive roles. And I think I exemplify that by people that I put into place, vendors I hire. I mean, I even chose uh, chose you as a female coach to be <laughs> to work with me. You know, one of the best decision of my life, by the way, absolutely phenomenal. And where do you see this going? It, it, Traumas in themselves, do you think that's one of the factors in why there's not as many women in executive and leadership roles? Well, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily trauma. I think that there are a variety of factors that play into it. You know, I think that for most of us, we've spent so much of our life sacrificing ourselves to help other people that I think sometimes we get into cycles that don't allow us to step into some of that power or that greatness at the executive level that we might want to experience. I think to be honest, you know, if, if women have children, they're very tired. It's an exhausting process, right? And to be honest, in corporate America, there aren't that many coaching programs, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's growing and it's building, but I think that women really need to feel cared for and nurtured in the process. And sometimes it can feel very clinical. So I think that's also where a woman isn't sure she's mm. going to have that support nurturing. And so she's like, well, why would I go to a therapist or why would I work on this if I'm not sure if it's going to make anything better? But I think we can do it differently. No doubt we can. My brain was going to, you know, the traditional roles and sort of like pleasing the people that are around you because of what society has impressed upon, you know, as far as what the traditional roles of the traditional definitions anyways, of what a man and a woman in a relationship have to be and what they, the, the parts they have to play at home. You mentioned having kids. You know, in my opinion, I think it's all bullshit <laughs> for, for the most part that either can do what fulfills both of them. And then there's no limitations whatsoever. But I'm, I do think, though, that after you have kids, you sort of lose yourself a little bit as a woman. And it's that process of when do I get to put time, energy and effort into reclaiming who I am? Most women don't aren't able to do that effectively without support. That's, that's interesting. Where, what's the best place for that support to get? How do you work through that? Because I can from an outsider's perspective, 
perspective. I could see that happening. You know, w where well, women go through a phase in their life to where they are the moms, and moms are moms. That's a true statement, right? Moms are moms, but I think that as women, when you're a, when you're a mom, you sometimes forget the dimensionality of who you are. Right? There's the you when you are single. There's the you when you have children. There's the lover. There's the you know executive. There are all these different aspects of women. It's really hard after having children when you're already exhausted to figure out who am I again and how am I stepping into those roles in a way that really serves me and supports me. It's hard to do alone. That's what I've experienced and what other moms are telling me. Awesome. Annie, you're amazing. Everyone go find Annie. Best place would be LinkedIn. Look her up at Ann Yatch, A-N-N-E-Y-A-T-C-H. You can find these links in the show notes too. And you're just amazing. Blow my mind. I love what you're going to be doing for women now in the next phase that you're moving into to help that demographic. Thanks for spending time with me. Oh, anytime. You know, you're one of my favorite people ever. I just think everything you're doing for women in the IT space is phenomenal. And I love the group that you brought together in support of everything you're creating. So thank you for bringing such great impact into the world. Sweet. You want to break three, break free of whatever and go all in. Contact Annie. Have a nice day.